Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder. I'm Alex Argo. And I'm Alex Robinson. This is episode 82. Well, welcome back, guys. It's kind of a quiet week. I was expecting a little invitation to go out for a little press conference thing from Apple announcing my new MacBook, but no, it hasn't come. It'll probably come out right before this airs and after we've edited it, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the goal, right? We're talking about it so that we hope that they Sherlock us. Yeah, I've been expecting it to be just around the corner since June, so I'm, I'm more than ready for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I kind of figured it wouldn't come out in in June, even though I was really hoping for it. I was I was really, really hoping for it, but from the rumors, it sounds like they've got some cool things up in store for it. You know, a whole new redesign of the MacBook Pro. Seen things like that touch screen function key row, I guess you might call it. It's like an OLED display. That that yeah. seems to me like it would be really interesting, especially if the, maybe your menu bar was down inside of that that uh I don't know what you would call it. I sure predict it'll be annoying. Kind of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Apple's got could... some kind of cool name for it, but Yeah. I could see apps like Photoshop or Sketch or you know Xcode even adding some uh shortcuts into that. And hopefully there'll be an API that we can take advantage of. You can call it like a touch bar, maybe? Yeah. I think uh, I think uh some rumors suggest that touch ID will be there as well, so you know, obviously Apple Pay is something that they are adding to Safari. Might also be another way to unlock your computer without having to type your password every time. Yeah, well, the the way you can unlock your computer now with your watch, right? That's a thing. I never did set that up. Yeah, yeah that's a thing. <laughs> I'm not on Sierra yet on most of my machines, so I haven't really been able to test that out. Nope. Hmm. It's working fine for me. I'm pretty sure there's a system extension point they created for that too. So there, I've seen some third parties who have like the uh, the USB security key, the USB security keys that you can plug in to unlock your computer too. Oh, I don't like that idea much. From a usability standpoint, or from a security standpoint? <laughs> well, usability and security don't often go well together, but it's a definitely a usability standpoint in this one. So, yeah, it looks like there's a couple ways that where where you can implement implement your own plugin to do that kind of stuff. So that's kind of cool. I mean, really, these computers have enough dongles already. Do we really want to go about adding yet another dongle just so you can unlock your machine? Especially yeah. as they're likely to remove more of those ports from the newer <laughs> hardware. Right. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Forget that thing. So, do you think we'll get other hardware? If they actually happen to Sherlock this podcast, yeah, there's still rumors of new displays. Those haven't been as common as they were back in June. But Alex, I think you were you saw some comments recently about the embedded graphics card in a 5K display. Yeah, I feel like we got to have a new display. It's been so long. I need a new display. It's gonna be out. They did. They did officially discontinue the Thunderbolt display, which was. You know, probably a good two or three years since they've updated that. And it's not really compatible with the new MacBooks because it's the new MacBooks don't have Thunderbolt. Well, maybe they're actually just going to get out of the display business altogether. 
Quite possibly. I feel like they don't want to do it unless they can do retina. Like everything new has to be retina. So that just means five K though. Right. Right. Which, which they do. I mean, that's a doable thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's some hoops to jump through with the, even with the latest and greatest processor in order, order to uh, do five K it needs two cables um, because the, uh, the Bay Lake and the Skylake processors can't drive can't drive they don't have the bandwidth over the uh, thunderbolt because it's not true thunderbolt 3 i guess is that correct i don't think it's entirely correct but <laughs> <laughs> well correct me <laughs> it's a it doesn't have the bandwidth you need to drive a 5k display over a single cable i mean we don't have any max with thunderbolt 3 yet but uh, you're talking about skylake I, I think um thunderbolt 3 does not necessarily mean the next version of display port, which is, is the thing that has the high bandwidth stuff. So that's right. I think that's the issue. Yeah. But even in an external, not really external, but like a discrete graphics card inside the MacBook help out with that. Or is it just because the Thunderbolt ports are controlled by the CPU that there's, there's just no way it's going to happen. I mean, I believe the best you could do on a GPU is have Thunderbolt three as well. I mean, that would, yeah, I don't think a discrete GPU on the laptop would help any. They're going to have to do something weird like they did with their iMac where they have their special chip or something, something weird. Well, those were just using, like, what, like an AMD chipset, I think, aren't they? But they had to design some special connector to connect it to the motherboard. I think they were talking about when the 5K iMac came out because the GPU can push the pixels, but it's the... It's the actual pixels over whatever the fastest thing that you can push. So they had to create like a special chip that could send it to the display. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing new for Apple to create proprietary hardware that you can't really easily replace or use elsewhere. Yeah. It's, it doesn't look very good for my Hackintosh. So I'm kind of bummed about that potentially <laughs> if it does come out. Well, at least for now, someday you'll be able to get that 5k. Like the, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Razer gaming hardware company, but they have something called the Razer Core, which is an external box that you can hook up to a Razer laptop that contains potentially multiple graphics cards, high-end graphics cards. So if you want to kind of have that, kind of have that high-end gaming experience, you have a peripheral to do that. So that's close to what talking about with Apple, not quite the same. Yeah, you can do, they have, there's a couple different companies that make those like Thunderbolt to PC, I Express, whatever the latest version is, X16 or something, uh, boxes, but that's, I guess, one of the cool things that Thunderbolt can do. And maybe that's what Apple's doing for their, for their new display. They're just doing PCI Express, whatever the latest version is over their Thunderbolt 3 port or something like that. Who knows? Who knows? Hopefully we'll find out soon. Yes, that'd be cool. <laughs> And maybe you can get one of those new Mac scented candles too to go with it. Well, I figure or, that that's probably what I'll end up getting because I probably won't be able to use a new display. So I'll just have to suffer with uh, the scent of new Mac, new Mac candle, which uh, looks like they're actually sold out, which is kind of a bummer. They said more coming later this month <laughs> coming from the people who make docs. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, I honestly can't remember what a, a new Mac smells like. So yeah. I don't know if I would want to burn one of those in my house or not, because I would just be thinking of how I don't have a new Mac yet. 
isn't it isn't it just like the whatever he builds up in the box and all the styrofoam in there that makes that smell or what is it? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. the plastic wrap and the styrofoam and cardboard. All, all those chemicals that you don't want to yeah. release back into the environment. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the new Mac candle is the closest I'm gonna get this year. If my current computer is beefy enough or anything I need to do, so I'll just get the candle. <laughs> <laughs> Ask for it for a Christmas present. Yeah. Yeah. They have a little bit of follow-up on the Dash story. I guess it's about done and kind of safe to talk about now. Doesn't seem like anything yeah. is going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I, I think at this point, the Dash is not back in the App Store yet. I don't think we've got a... You know, it could be that it never goes gets back to the App Store, or maybe they'll, they'll work something out. There's definitely been a lot of discussion in the community, especially on other podcasts and Mac related news sites about this whole, uh, whole back and forth between the developer and, and Apple. Yeah. And the community at large too. Interesting how they were very quick to stand up for him and then very quick to turn on him too. Once evidence of these actual false reviews and things turned up, I, the whole thing is strange to me because he he does post a letter to imore imore.com it is i guess i think and yeah. he basically blames it on his mom <laughs> like, yeah he, he sold all these things to his mom and he transferred his the stuff to his mom who is an engineer too and then basically says well she's the one who did all this stuff like all these apps were hers when this happened and so his his mom was scamming making these false reviews and things. I mean, I guess it makes sense why he didn't want to to say it's, it's a family member. That's all he would say. I mean, who wants to call their mom out in front of, you know, <laughs> the whole developer community, which apparently she's a part of, but yeah, kind of the weird thing that people noticed was that like, these are a lot of these were apps that he created and then transferred. And it's like, you know, you take care of these moms. So there is, it's, it makes even more sense, I think, why Apple kind of felt like they had done their due diligence and uh, it was the same person or whatever that was doing all this stuff. Because, I mean, it was it was the same guy's apps that they were using the same bundle identifier. Now, he says they were like templates that his mom used from him. But, I mean, some of these are the exact same apps that used to just be on his account. So, I still, it's like... How come? How do you not know that your your mom is running some kind of scam? And uh -huh. if she got an email, why didn't she tell him? Not to try to speculate on their family relationships or anything like that, but I don't well, know. I, you know, giving them the benefit of the doubt, there's plenty of companies out there that claim to help you with your marketing, and like you know, we've talked to client clients of ours that want to have some help with app marketing. Oh, yeah, and, you get emails from these people all the time. Oh, we can get yeah. you X of reviews or whatever. I mean, all it takes is you say, oh, you say, okay, sure. You give them like a hundred bucks or something and whoops, you committed app store fraud. I yeah, always just ignore them, but I mean, I think you could very easily accidentally, you know, do business with the wrong, with some sort of sleazy company that claims that they're going to help you out with your marketing and, and they get up to shenanigans that don't don't necessarily represent you the way you want to be represented. So I'm, I'm quite willing to give everybody in this 
the benefit of the doubt and assume they didn't intentionally mean to do anything inappropriate, or at least, you know, the direct parties. Yeah. So, sure. you know, it's, it's up to them to work out the details. I think everybody went in with the best intentions and maybe both parties made some bad choices, like not contacting both, both accounts, maybe not, uh, illegally recording phone calls. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm sure at that point he was more worried about his reputation with his customers than anything else. And I can understand that, you know, one is to prove that, you know, even Apple said, you know, you, they didn't contact you and you hadn't done anything wrong. So I can understand the motivation there to try and defend your reputation online. Yeah. Right. It's his business. It was probably a bad choice, but on how he did it and how he presented it and probably would have been better off getting approval from Apple or not, <laughs> whichever the case may be. But, you know, I, I think everybody's pretty quick to assume Apple got up to shenanigans at first and then they quickly assumed the developer was doing something wrong. And, and you know, I don't think anybody was trying to be evil. So yeah, it seems it like just the, a bad situation. Yeah. It seems like what we ended up with is kind of the same thing. You always end up in this field is it's complicated. <laughs> It depends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So speaking uh, of apps that aren't in the app store anymore, <laughs> <laughs> do you guys uh, try this sweet sticker pack out uh, called Phonies? No, I read the articles about it after it was too late. I don't think I've bought any sticker packs or even downloaded any sticker packs. So I, I guess I'm not really the target market for it, but I did hear about this one. Oh man, I bugged the crap out of my wife with this one. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's like it was fake, fake looking iMessages where you could just plop them over an existing iMessage and it looked uh, to the other person like you had, you had changed what they said essentially if you positioned it correctly. So, um, Apple obviously didn't like it, took it out of the App Store. I thought it was a pretty right. funny prank thing, but I guess Apple doesn't like pranks, which Seems odd considering kind of the the origins of, of Apple with with Jobs and Wozniak and their blue boxes getting free long distance calls from AT&T or whatever. But <laughs> uh, clearly you weren't the only one that liked it because I believe it was the top selling sticker pack in the App Store for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And he was kind enough to make a blog post detailing his uh, sales statistics and whatnot. Yeah, so you could, for people who didn't see it, now that it's not in the App Store anymore, you could replace previous messages with basically overlay a sticker that looked like a message. Right. So you can make it look like uh, the person you're having a conversation with said something that they didn't say. But I, I could see where that could be frustrating for some of Apple's customers and why Apple might consider it to be a little bit over the line. It was only I, I like think, various can responses though. So yeah, there's not yeah, really much damage you could do and you could, yeah, you could a, like tap on it to tell that it was a sticker and stuff like that. If you went back afterwards. So yeah, I it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like you were going to make somebody look like Anthony Weiner or something, Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, it's, uh, I, I think they gave them the option of updating it to mit, to make it look different than the standard message bubble. But, but that developer felt like that was, uh, kind of went against the point of the of the app. So I'm safe. You're safe because it's been pulled. 
yeah, I can re-download it whenever I want, but I'm 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 safe as as long as he doesn't get into an argument like uh, the Dash guy did and get the <laughs> the account removed from the App Store. Otherwise, I I could be screwed. Next for store, no <laughs> more sticker pack from. True, I'm guessing maybe unless you uh, were to jailbreak and throw that on your phone. But... Yeah, I don't do that anymore. There's not there's not as much need to do it anymore. I don't think, and there's more risk. I think too. <laughs> Is coming from the guy who does the hackintoshes, huh? He won't hack his phone, but he'll hack his computer. My computer is running pretty close to vanilla Mac OS, but when you jailbreak your phone, there's normally some kind of crazy stuff, and it normally comes from like some Chinese developer and all this stuff. So <laughs> you're probably at more risk installing Dropbox than you are from the hackintosh, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, the the legal. Hackintosh Dropbox, right? Yeah, I think somebody said recently that uh, Dropbox now monitors more of your system than it really necessarily should. Well, I think it's always done that. People are just noticing it now. I think on the most recent ATP, they had a good, good long discussion of all the crazy Dropbox stuff, and a lot of it had been just kind of an ongoing thing. So listen to that because I don't think we know many of the details, but yeah, I know. And my and my previous company, we weren't allowed to have Dropbox or anything like that, but especially Dropbox because of its privacy terms. Seems like most big companies use Box.com, which is like a crappy Dropbox, but it's better than nothing. So, Ash Furrow's actually, you know, this is kind of a topic that's near and dear to his heart, and he's had a few posts about his move away from some of these cloud providers that are a little bit too. Are a little bit too overreaching. He's found a, a decent Dropbox alternative. I think it's called Sync or something fairly generic like that. And uh, I guess they don't have this, the same privacy concerns that Dropbox and some of the others have. But, you know, if you're putting stuff in the cloud, you're definitely at risk. They can change the privacy terms at any time and be compromised. You know, hopefully they're, you know, Dropbox used to be pretty proud of the fact they encrypted things and even they couldn't read your data, but you know, it sounds like that's not as true as it used to be. There was a, another article that came out last week, it's another iMessage related thing. These guys, they wanted to do a rock, paper, scissors game using iMessage. Seems like a good example for a thing to do with an iMessage app. Yeah. Yeah. You would, you would think they have a nice blog post about how pretty much at every turn, the iMessage API was just stopping them in their tracks and they'd have to come up with all these different workarounds. One of them being that it's really not, it's really not a easy thing to do to like take turns. Like if you notice with the default, uh, uh, the one sample app where they were building an ice cream cone, the first person in there could actually build the entire ice cream cone without any input from the second person. The rock, paper, scissors was very similar to that problem, plus a timing issue. You know, somebody sends over rock, and okay, I'll, I'll just respond back with paper. No problem. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I think you'd have to have... Yeah, we talked about this early on. It was one of the ideas that we talked about. And it seems like you'd have to have a server kind of holding on to it, because you can't really do turn-by-turn -turn gaming. Right. It definitely seems like you need a server component for something like that. I don't know if a server component would be worth that or not. 
I guess you could throw something up on like Firebase, maybe. Yeah, you'd have to wait for all the people participating to respond and then show the results. And Right. You, you could also to... have more than two people as part of the message, so you could theoretically have a group message. You could use that sweet new Realm thing that we talked about last week. But you'd still need some kind of long polling, and I think your extension would only be active as long as you were actually in there. Wouldn't it be kind of like that uh, that demo they had with the drawing app? It seems like that, that the realm realms supports demo. that kind of stuff. Yeah. To some yeah, degree, yeah. Extensions have their own lifecycle issues to worry about. Yeah, true. I'm not sure what kind of storage options you have either. Well, if it's part of another app, then I imagine you have plenty of storage options. Like with any extension, I suppose. Yeah. The, the good part about this is there is a silver lining to these guys not being able to do the product that they wanted. They did put all the source code out on GitHub, so it should be a nice little example of how to do an iMessage app, even if not necessarily the perfect way to do rock, paper, scissors. So we'll link to that in the show notes. Well, assuming we haven't been Sherlocked in this episode is still relevant. We're going to stop right here. So uh, you guys want to tell us where we can find you on the internet? You can find me at AJ Robinson on Twitter. I'm at Alex Argo. And I'm at Sam Corder. The podcast is at Shared Inst. And you can join in our Slack chat at chat.sharedinstance.com and tell us what you think about the new hardware that got announced while this podcast was being edited. Cross your fingers. Crossing my fingers, anyway. And tell us what you want us to talk about next week, because not much is happening right now. <laughs> Until Apple Sherlock's us. And we get iOS 10.1 and OS... Or Mac or Mac OS, whatever it is now. 12, 10, 12? I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, tell us what you think. I'll see you guys. See ya. Bye.